Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topics, and unlimited pop culture. I am your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alin. And on today's big three, we have the original Devil Made Me Do It, Lucifer Season 5. We have Angelina Jolie fighting fires and mobsters and inner demons that are caused by fires on Those Who Wish Me Dead. (laughs) And then last but not least, we have the absolute epitome of what it means to be a $40 video game. And I do mean that in the best way possible. Solasta. So, Alin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I was, you know, our last episode, we talked a lot about Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the cost of that game, my brother-in-law was afraid to listen to it, but he listened to it and he understood where we were coming from because he's been a Pokemon person since he was a young child. You so, know, and that's kind of nice to hear because it it was one of those things where I didn't want to to say bad things about the game, you know, because there was nothing really inherently wrong with it. It just felt like there should be more of it for the price tag. And, you know, to have someone who has been like a Pokemon fan for life, they might not approach it with that same mindset because they are kind of the person that we discussed uh, the Nintendo would kind of be taking advantage of. Do you know what I mean with that right. with that price tag? So, you know, it was kind of good to hear that somebody um, at least understood where we were coming from there. Exactly, because he said to me, what did you guys, did you give it a thumbs up? And I said, um, not quite. I'm like, there, we had some issues with the price point. And he was very afraid to listen. He he kept waiting and waiting, and he finally ripped the Band-Aid off and listened to the episode. And he was like, oh, they weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. Can't ask for much more than that. They weren't yeah, so, as bad as I thought. Yeah, so him knowing that's both like, of us. That's the tagline of our whole podcast, not as yeah. bad as I thought. Exactly. (laughs) Hmm, Look at that. (laughs) So um, let's jump into today's little three. And as a reminder, there will be spoilers. And also, we are not professional. Case in point, I should have said that earlier. So uh, (laughs) little three today. Uh, Can we start with Netflix news? Oh, Netflix news. Netflix will break your heart one day and then you want to get back together with them the following day. Yeah, so, that's actually a really good way of putting it, for sure. Right, um, because they, they came out, um, not last week, but the week before, and canceled Jupiter's Legacy. I was so mad. Especially when I was reading some of the news about it, and how, like, it almost, like... It didn't have a lot to do with the actual quality of the show. It it more had to do with like budget issues. And there was some news about how certain people who were all in on Jupiter's Legacy didn't work for Netflix anymore. So there was like a staffing shakeup that had a part of the reason for it. It didn't have to do with the reviews. It didn't have to do, you know, because it was very popular for a while. It was more of like budgetary stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, Netflix... Think of how much money you spent to add Tignataro to Army of the Dead, <laughs> and you're going to come back at me and say, oh, no, it was too expensive to make Jupiter's Legacy. And I'm like, no, 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 not buying that for one second. So I, I did look it up. I wanted to see how much it cost. So it cost $200 million for those eight episodes of Jupiter's Legacy that we watched. Okay, so how much did it cost to make Army of the Dead? I have no, I have no idea. You know I what? Didn't... I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look All it right. up right now. But I will tell you. So, and the other thing was, they had spent, um, Netflix had spent a hundred million 
to acquire uh, uh, Miller World. So they would have included more. I but more than just this license, right? Yeah, and the the thing that I love is they're like, we're not canceling Jupiter's Legacy per se. We're just releasing everyone from their contracts and. You know, we're going to focus on some villains and we're going to, you know, kind of reboot it in a different vein. So, yeah, it's from what I've heard, that other vein is animated. Oh, yeah. So they're going to try an Invincible ripoff, basically. That's the exact thing I thought, too, is, Mm. yeah. I'm not getting great numbers here on... They said that the budget was $90 million for Army of the Dead, but that's just the budget. Did they actually stick to it? Is True with all of the... <laughs> so, yeah. With the, yeah, with all of the special effects. But on the flip side, and I, I pulled up numbers because we were also very happy that Shadow and Bone was renewed for season two. Yes. So, so we they, get they, some more of Ben Barnes close talking. Right. And it, it happened like within the same, within a few days of each other. Oh, and uh, as an update, I'm reading that book now, and I'm going to send it to Alin when I'm done. I'm about halfway through it. I'm very excited because I've been on hold with the library. Yes, I still use the library. Um, hey, the library yeah. is awesome. Don't ever I, apologize. For I love the library. The library I, is the best. So I Everybody should because, go to the library. They should, <laughs> and because it's such a popular book right now, whenever anything hits Netflix that is inspired by a book, it gets you know, buried basically, where you have to wait six to eight months to get a copy of it. Right. And it doesn't help when you're dealing like you're battling against teenagers because, you know, they don't read fast. So they're not going to return it right. early because they finished it. Right. But as a contrast, so Jupiter's Legacy was number, uh, number one in the Netflix charts when you log in for six non-consecutive days. Okay. So Shadow, six, six times it hit number one on six days, basically. Yes. Like, okay. and Shadow and Bone had 12 days. Okay. And then, so to give you even further perspective, The Queen's Gambit from last year had 23 days at number one. Interesting. So, I mean, because Netflix doesn't release this information and I got this from an article so it's not as though I went back and counted but that's what people are are starting to do because that's the only way Netflix releases information is you know the top 10 every so single our day assumption is maybe they are deciding to keep or kill things based on these kinds of numbers and six days wasn't enough to justify the cost was that maybe the idea it, that, that could be the idea I mean in you know, when you double that with Shadow and Bone, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I can see why. But then again, I would have to say there's only a handful of, of Netflix series that don't make it past season one. Yeah, I mean, they renewed the Wink Saga for season two. Oh, so yeah. Still even, waiting on season two of Warrior Nun as well. <laughs> and then even, even the OA... Got right. a season, a second season, and though it left on a cliffhanger, it still got a second season. Right, yeah, that's it's just really surprising to me because I really think that second season would have been killer. Um, 
and and you know those of you who know anything about the property know what I'm talking about and maybe like instead of giving away the spoiler we just suggest people go read the comics instead you know because that'll help the artist but and the writers but you know it was just one of those things where there was some really big stuff that were slated that was slated to happen and probably would have gone down in the first one to two episodes of that show and then it would have been a whole new show um, there's a time skip if you want a little bit of a an idea. And uh, I think it would have been really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I guess we won't ever know. And that just kind of sucks. And it, I'm almost thinking like for those that have watched Invincible, what would have happened in season two of Jupiter's Legacy is what happened at the last half of episode one, where there's a complete shift. That's a really good comparison. Right. And like, it is a very similar kind of thing. So that's yeah, that's think a, about what happened at the end of episode one of Invincible and add a time jump to it and you've got the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but anyway, I guess we'll get more Shadow and Bear. So mm-hmm. that's the same. And no Jupiter's legacy. And hopefully I mean, I'd like to I'd like to stay mad at Netflix, but I just watched the first episode of Sweet Tooth and it was really good. So I'm, I, I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> right. I so I watched it because I knew we would talk about it on the show eventually. And I found myself loving it. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything through it, but I've watched a few episodes and I'm just like, this kid is adorable. Dude, the kid is so cute. Oh, my so God. So cute. And, like, every time his little ears droop, I just die. I know. So it's – and I guess – and we'll talk about this in a few weeks when we finish it. I guess the the comic books were much darker than what we're seeing. Yeah, but lo and behold, somebody read the room and said, hey, maybe we need to lighten this up a little bit because everybody's lives kind of suck and have sucked for a long time. So they kind of read the room on this one, I think, aptly. Right, because I mean it was bad enough, and I don't know about you, but I'm having trouble watching things still with the pandemic. Any yeah, type that, of pandemic. Yeah, that first part, the first yes. part of that first episode was a rough watch. It, yes. Yeah, it yeah, hits even, way too close to home yeah, to watch. Very much. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. But sure. like you said, they they took it in a different direction. I'm really hoping that comes up for a second season but we'll talk about it. luckily i saw that it was in the, it's been like number one for i think two three days now yeah so keep on going sweet tooth i mean everyone i've heard who has watched it kind of is like oh let me put this on i'll watch an episode and they get hooked yeah first episode is great it's enough yes. to hook you it is yes. totally enough um all right cool so number two on our little three is we wanted to bring up something really weird another netflix another netflix decision i and this i don't know i don't i don't know what this is or who (laughs) the audience for this is but it's called america the motion picture and there was a trailer that got released and i would highly recommend everyone watch the trailer just so that they know what why we're so concerned about is concerned a good word i'm slightly concerned um i just keep waiting for like someone to pop out and be like i i feel like i'm watching a saturday night live skit like remember robert smigel used to do like cartoons and and it would be like that was part that was a skit i thought i was watching a skit if it if it helps at all on the like movie poster for this it says that america the motion picture is brought to you by the people who made and this is the list 
Archer, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Expendables, and Magic Mike. That's what you're dealing with. You put all of that in a blender, and you're going to get this. And it's an animated thing. It's an, uh, it's, it's, um, it's an interpretation of, of American history. That... Interpretation is the understatement of the century. Right. So, let me just read you some of the cast here, and I think it's a great cast. It's uh, it, but it's so weird. Like, okay, so first of all, Channing Tatum is George Washington. That's <laughs> just so bizarre. Who else would you want to play George Washington? Who I don't know, but has has the acting ability and the caliber and the range to play George Washington. Besides, but then it starts to get weird from there, where like. For example, Simon Pegg is King James. Yes. And then Olivia Munn is Thomas Edison. So there's a gender swap going on there. <laughs> and then there is a voice acting credit for Babe the Blue Ox. So oh. there's, you know, it's not an actor I'm familiar with, but we will get a talking Babe the Blue Ox. And then my dude, Maximum Derek, can you say his name for me again? Uh, Jason Manzukis. Yes. He's Sam Adams. <laughs> it's it, it's just and then you add um you add some uh Saturday night Saturday Night Live alum yeah Bobby Moynihan Will Forte's on there yeah Bobby uh, Moynihan and, is Paul Revere right yes and Andy Samberg I forgot to mention Andy Samberg Benedict it's, Arnold yep yes it's I mean if you are missing in your life if you look at your life and you're like i am missing a movie where george washington fights with retractable swords as arms then this is the movie for you yeah let me read you the summary from netflix now this is this is pr directly from netflix this is how they describe it the chainsaw wielding George Washington teams up with beer loving bro Sam Adams to take down the Brits in this tongue in cheek riff on the American Revolution. That's from Netflix directly. And that's very bland, um, <laughs> according to what was in the. <laughs> oh. I, I didn't. It was like this is it's ridiculous it's a it it's a ridiculous trailer um i thought it was a joke it's yep. either going to be brilliant or it's going to be horrible yeah and this is the thing like we kind of said this sim similar thing about awake a few weeks back where we were like we have no idea where this is going or what it's doing it's either going to do something really cool or it's going to be a hot mess and guess what Hot mess. So we might have another hot mess on our hands here, people. But I, I just don't know. I don't know who the audience is for this. You certainly can't show it to your kids. So, like, you know, little Jimmy, let's watch the history of America. You know, like, you can't, you can't do that for this. So I'm not sure who the audience is for this. And they're releasing it on June 30th. So obviously the 4th of July is right around the corner. So I can't really imagine... You know, so the having, audience is going to be drunk people. It, it, that's the only thing I can think of is people are going to be hungover and it's going to be hilarious watching a movie like this. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense, I guess. I, I, I'm still scratching my head about it. I don't know how it, this got greenlit. I, is it part of a multi-picture deal? Oh, God. 
it. You know, like, remember when, like, Adam Sandler had seven movies that he had to do for Netflix right. and they were all horrible? Right. Um, he phoned I, it in not once, not twice, but, like, seven times. Right. So I'm wondering if this is part, like, maybe Channing Tatum was like, hey, I've got a pitch for you. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. Like, he pitched it as a joke. You know, that... That might actually be true because we have seen Netflix do stuff like that in the past, like with Midnight Sky, right? Clooney wanted to direct and Netflix was like, come on over, direct whatever the heck you want. Mm-hmm. And he just did it. And it was great. So, I mean, it could be a very similar thing. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it'll be um, interesting to see. I mean, I, I am just wondering how are they going to sustain this energy in the trailer? For, I'm guessing, an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so, I will, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a chance on this. I'll take a chance on it and watch it. I'm not um, going to lie. I'm totally going to let you watch this first and then tell me if I should well, watch it. Sometimes, so I, I have seen a few episodes of Archer, and it's very smart, but it's also very smug, where yeah. it's constant smugness. And that's what I don't like, where it's just like rat-a-tat-tat, like the audience is dumb. We're going to show you how smart we are. Yeah. It's Nolan syndrome. Or we're going to be so irreverent every single scene. I don't know. But I will, you know, I'll watch it. I'll take one for for the pod, for the team, and let it. I'll uh, give you the up or the down to watch. Okay. I'm down. All right. And everybody else, go watch that trailer and you can see why we're all kind of confused. (laughs) Um, All right. Last in our little three for today, I wanted to do an E3. Oh, it's so apt. I love it. An E3 update. Um, So and I mainly wanted to bring this up mostly because, Alin, do you do you know what E3 is? No. So E3 is the electronic entertainment expo that's where they get the three e's from and it's basically um a big electronics conference that happens every year and it's mostly folk i mean it used to be all about electronics in general and it it shifted vastly i would say in the last 20 years maybe or, or or so to just be about video games basically and um they didn't really have one last year uh it was very pared down um but they're kind of back at it again this year and it goes on it started yesterday goes on through tuesday i believe and there's a schedule and each day there are shows that basically happen and these shows are done by um they can actually be done by companies you know so xbox will do one and um bethesda uh let's see what do we got there's one that's like just called the pc gaming show which is just about pc games and um, I mainly wanted to bring this up because I'll probably talk about it a couple times, but it's going on right now. I watched the stuff from Friday and Saturday already. There wasn't a ton of stuff from Saturday. Um, some people might have been excited by the Saturday stuff, but it was not a lot for me. But on Friday, there was a show that was done called um, The Wholesome Games Show. And it's okay. especially by this group, um, The Wholesome Gamers. 
And uh, the Wholesome Gamers, they do a lot of games that are quite wholesome. They promote wholesome games. And to be honest, wholesome games are almost exclusively indie devs. It's very rare for like Microsoft or, you know, one of the big um, Ubisoft, one of the big gaming companies to make like a wholesome game, you know, because they make more money off of violence and fighting and stuff like that, you know, so that's kind of what they're in for. Unless you want to talk about like maybe driving or sports games as being wholesome, but wholesome games kind of focuses on things about um, relationships and animals and the environment. They can focus on games that are about building or farming. Animal Crossing would be a, a good wholesome okay. game. That kind of thing, right? So, um, we did all the wholesome game sh- shows yesterday and got to see a ton of stuff. And I have literally added a ton of games to my Steam wish list. And I just wanted to share some of them with you uh, because I think you're going to get a kick out of the premise of some of these games. So, for example, do you remember how we were talking about how Pokemon Snap was too expensive and they needed to come up with a cheaper sort of option to this? They could They could do the same concept. Uh, and then make it cheaper because it would right. have Pokemon in it. Okay. I introduce you to a game called Paparazzi. Oh. Where you like are. Like PAW? Like P-A-W? Like P-U-P-P-E-R. Pupper. Oh. Guess what you're taking pictures of. Puppies? Yeah. Oh. Right. Okay. Okay, that's awesome. Right? Paparazzi. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yes. So this is the kind of stuff that got sort of talked about yesterday was, so we've got paparazzi. Um, I added a couple of really cool games to my Steam wishlist. One, and these are just like weird stuff that you just wouldn't normally see. Like one is called Unpacking. And in unpacking, you are basically playing as uh, there's there's like a bu- an empty room or a couple of empty rooms. Like you're in a new house or a new apartment and there's a bunch of boxes everywhere and you're unpacking the boxes. But the point is to understand the lives of the people as you're unpacking. So, for example, let's say you're unpacking a box and there's a shirt and the shirt has like a... Um, like a logo on it for like a band, you know that somebody went to like this concert. Do you know what I mean? Or you might unpack a trophy and you put that trophy on a shelf and you can see that it's like, I don't know, a bowling trophy. And so you start to develop an idea of the lives of the people as you're unpacking things. And it's supposed to be like this this chill game where you're just unpacking and sort of learning about people's lives and how connected people's lives are to the things that they have it's a real Hmm. interesting concept right and then there's another one called pico i hope i'm saying that right because that's it's a tea it's it's actually a, a game about making tea and learning about tea ceremonies so it's a tea making simulator and i was like this is so interesting I want to make tea. This is the silliest <laughs> thing ever. I this make makes me want to make tea. I know. Um, and then the one, there's one called, um, I think it's called a witchy, a witchy life story, where it's basically like a, almost like a Harry Potter, like witchy school kind of thing, where you play as a witch and you're learning how to be witchy. And then the one that really did me in, and I literally screamed out loud is a game about, it's a sim game where you're running a bed and breakfast. 
and you start out with this real dilapidated house and you've got to get resources and fix it up and add furniture and make it look pretty and attract visitors to your bed and breakfast and get tourists in there. So it's a simulation game about running a bed and breakfast, except you, my friend, play as a bear. A bear? And it's called, get ready for this. Bear and Bear breakfast. And breakfast. Ah, <laughs> that was just a guess. Like if we were on Family Feud and they're like, what would you name a video game about a bear owning a bed and breakfast? Yeah. I, I It's great. And you get to customize your bear and put little hats on him. Oh, my God. <gasps> and the best news is it's coming to Switch. Oh. It is. So we can both play. Bear and breakfast. Bear and breakfast. <laughs> oh, what? Like two of my favorite things. Yeah. Bears and breakfasts. Yeah. yeah. Combined. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And this is just me scratching the surface. Um, if you go on Steam right now, you can see the wholesome games. They're all on there. And there's actually going to be a bunch of demos starting on the 16th of June where you can go and play all these demos. And I really do like to support indie devs. Um, as much as possible. So always happy to promote indie games. But yeah, E3 happening right now. And all of the the big name companies and stuff, they're kind of presenting today. I think today is Xbox and Microsoft and the PC gaming show is today. I think Nintendo is Tuesday if you want to watch their their okay. thing. Um, but um, maybe I'll do another update next weekend after everything's come out to see if there's any new big things to talk about. But right now it's more of just a hey, this is happening. It's something that we haven't had for a little while. People are kind of like happy to see, you know, new games coming out and announcements and stuff because everything was kind of stalled, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like last year. I've just, I we need to like come up with a way to just kind of forget about 2020, like a certain word instead of saying like, I say COVID ruined everything or right. the, the year that didn't happen or something, because so much of life has been postponed. And, yeah. you know, it's yeah. uh, just you just like, oh, OK, why didn't that happen last year? Because COVID. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to get back and to see that. I mean, who knows? Um, I know there's probably not enough time this time around, but maybe Comic-Con will be back in 2022. Yeah, I, I want to say there is something happening this year. They're but... doing something. I know, like, a lot of places have been saying we didn't know it was going to be this, that COVID was going to be this contained. So we don't have time to plan because it takes a year to plan. Yeah. yeah. So that's, like, what you're getting. Like, oh, is this going to happen this year? It's like, no, because we just found out, like, six weeks ago that right. restrictions were lifting. And that's one nice thing about E3 is pretty much everything is just like a, a pre-made presentation video that could be made ahead of time. Mm. So they could done it. They could have done it even if COVID were still bad. They could have aired these videos, you know, um, nothing real big is happening like live or in person. It's basically just pre-made presentation. So I think that's why it's it's able to happen at a fairly, you know, big rate this year. But I get what you're saying. There's, yeah. There's, small events you know hot dog eating contests we can do that right like you know just things that are going on normally for the fourth of july i wonder if you'll get fireworks and stuff because that's something that takes a while to prepare um i know that my city is doing fireworks uh boston 
they are doing fireworks only off in the Esplanade um, for anyone who's in Massachusetts, which we have a lot of viewers. Um, and they're going to do the Pops concert, which is normally at the Esplanade out in Tanglewood. Because oh, okay. there's so it's free to go to it at Tanglewood, but Tanglewood is a 9,000 person capacity place versus I don't even know how many people show up to the Esplanade. Right. Way more than that. Yeah. So it's, it's, you can do it, you can go, but it's like a first come first serve. And the other thing is people from Boston aren't going to want to drive out to Lenox, Massachusetts. Yeah. There's like no public transportation to get out that way. So it is a hike to come out. So it's, you know, the crowd will hopefully uh, be contained. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, there's all different kinds of things that are going on from the entertainment world to just everyday life that you just, I don't know if it's going to go forward because everything kind of happened so quickly in a good way. I'm not complaining about that. So, you know, next year we can have even better fireworks. Yeah. And other things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, um, maybe more from E3 next weekend uh, or next time we do a show. Next weekend's going to be hard. And then, oh, we have a very special episode coming up. Yes. So, yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but let's move into the big three. Uh, and we can start with the world's most attractive man, Tom Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so, so good looking. And so naked in this a lot. It's amazing. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, he all right, can, that's he, it. There's your review. Yeah, that's, okay. the, that's the show. <laughs> yep. I mean, because he can walk around naked and it's amazing. And then he wears the fitted suits and he's amazing. And he yeah. sings. Oh, he's the total package. Yeah. The he, piano thing is crazy. Yes. I feel like I read somewhere at some point that he made a deal with Netflix that he wanted to do more singing and piano playing on the show. And they were like, hmm, I don't know, I guess. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So you let him you let him do whatever he wants to do. Do you hear me? Exactly. Anything. Oh, uh, yeah. OK, so. All right. Me and you gushing over Tom Ellis aside. Um, what did you think of the progression of the story in this? Because I would say that for the most part, those of you who are familiar with Lucifer know that it is a fairly procedural show with some ongoing elements that kind of carry over. From season to season. So, for example, everybody's relationships and the people themselves are not the same people that they were in season one. There's progression and relationships change and people get married and have babies and whatever else. Some people have died, you know, that kind of thing. But it used to be a fairly procedural show with some elements that were not procedural. Now, I would say this is more of a drama with some procedural elements. I think it's mm. flip-flopped. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, and I'm going to say, you know, obviously for people watching any show, for many seasons it was a will they or won't they with Lucifer and Detective Decker. And they have, they did, they're together now. And I just found, now that that's happened, I don't, I find Detective Decker very bland now. She has no real personality. Yeah, there's a bit of a my personality is you kind of mm-hmm. a thing going on here that I don't I don't really agree with. And and I, I kind of agree with you that it got worse when she decided 
I'm going to give up being a detective so that we can go, I don't know, rule heaven together. I don't really know what the motivation was there, but she was basically like giving up her life for Lucifer. And I think it was meant to be a sort of noble sacrifice, but I was not a fan because it, it, it sort of took away the one aspect of her personality that was left. You know, she's not even really portrayed as a mother on the show. No. Because there's very little of her daughter these days. It's true. And I mean, there used to also be, um, obviously, she was married to Dan on the show. So there used to be some sort of friction between the two of them because they are exes. They are working together. But that was also lost. But the the things that I did like, um, I obviously liked how they focused more on some of the side characters than yeah. you would normally get. Um, some of them have way more interesting personalities mm-hmm. than Chloe and, and Lucifer. Like the Maze and Eve thing, I love oh. so much. Okay, do you know that Maze in real life is married to the actor who portrays Chloe's father? No way, really? Yeah, yeah, because I looked up, I was looking up something, and I was like, oh, let me click on her, the actress who plays Maze, and it showed that she was married, and, you know, on IMDb, if they are an actor or actress, when you click on their name, it pops up with their... um, you know, their filmography. And I was like, hey, wait a second. I was like, now I know how he got the job. (laughs) (laughs) I think, and Maze is one of those characters who she could have been really one note, like demon living on earth. But she has become one of my favorite characters on the show because they developed her so much. Yeah, And and, and just a really good story arc. And then, even when she, you thought that her development had basically completed her struggling with whether or not to be in a relationship with Eve, despite how much she wants to, mm-hmm. was a further development that I thought they handled really well. Right. And it wasn't something that they did in a way that wasn't believable. You saw her struggling with it mm-hmm. and, you know, ultimately made her decision. But I mean, the other episode that I liked, I liked the Linda episode i have loved daughter yeah yeah i mean who would have thought going back and watching season one that number one dr linda would be hanging around throughout all these years later right and but she's like (laughs) laughing also at her reaction to the family dinner when god came down (laughs) like what an awkward moment and she's just sitting there and he's like sit down (laughs) grace that was the best and then she was like she looked at amenadiel and she was like that was horrible and he was like i would have done far worse (laughs) (laughs) so the the problem that i had with this with this i had two problems so and they're like minor problems i felt like the show really focused on all of its PR having the Michael versus Lucifer all of the pictures for the new season were Michael versus Lucifer oh you think they upplayed it too much yeah I think that's what it was because you're watching these episodes I'm enjoying the episodes but then when you get like to you know the final episode I think episode eight it's like all of it is packed in yeah so that was one thing where I was like, oh, okay. 
And the other thing is I really feel like they set us up to be very sad because I'm not going to give it away, but a major character dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't cool. No. And you know how you know why it felt cheap? Does that make yes. sense? Felt- no, it did. It did. And I think, you know, we've talked about all characters are having their own episodes. This character had an episode devoted specifically and then I think it's like the next episode dead. Yeah. And dead in such a, I mean, out of the blue way. I mean, I know he's a police officer. Oh, dude, let it go. (laughs) Don't listen. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I was trying so hard. (laughs) I know. I know you were really trying. You weren't even giving away gender pronouns. I I know. I was, I was really okay. But in any event, it's a random killing that is not connected in any way, shape or form to a narrative, except for the narrative that they introduced for that one particular episode. Right. It's, it's one of those things where if it was something that had been building up for episodes upon episodes, then it would have been like a big, a bigger deal, I think. But it was literally almost like you had a bunch of people sitting around a table saying, how can we kill this person uh, in the next episode? Okay, let's write this in, you know, and it just felt kind of tacked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I didn't, I didn't really understand the point of why this person needed to die other than the fact that they wanted a big death for whatever reason. And then this felt like the character they could most easily let go of. You know, they just picked someone who they could basically say, hey, can we do season six without this person? Yes. OK, let's do that one then. Right. You know, right. That was kind of the thought process that that I, I felt like they had. And um, yeah, and I think that's why it sort of felt kind of cheap. Um, so those those were my two issues with the season. So it sounds yeah. like you kind of agree with the 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 death. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that either. Okay. And 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 I do agree with you about Chloe's personality. She felt real flat this this year. Mm-hmm. And um and you know part of it might just be the second half of this season. Like I I meant to go back and look at some of the episodes from the first half of season five. Because I kind of feel like um, some of those other episodes might have been better for 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 Chloe, uh, but I don't remember a lot of them. Like I remember the one that was in black and white, and I felt like that was a better episode. Yeah, and that was from the first half of season five. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it was just this the second half of this this thing that that kind of like there was so much focus on um on, you know, Lucifer and the other side characters that Chloe kind of got left behind a little bit. You know, because there were a lot of little side plots that kept popping in, you know, not just Maze and Eve, um, but like Dr. Linda and Amenadiel and their baby. And then there was the worry about whether the baby was an angel versus whether the baby was a human. And then uh, you had stuff with Michael, you had God showing up, you had, you know what I mean? Like you had all of this other side stuff. And it was almost like the writers couldn't even Ella, Ella was dating a serial killer, you know, right. and then, then she had all her whole thing that she had to go through. And so it just felt like everybody really had their moment and they couldn't think of one for Chloe and just kind of let her like dangle a little, you know? Right. Right. And, you know, then they have, um, you know, her mother come in and it's like, okay, um, they have no relationship whatsoever. 
that that whole dinner scene was very eh. yeah a lot of that was not that 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 didn't work out great either but there is a musical episode that the is a musical fun. episode was great yes it's very difficult for a show a non-musical show to have a musical episode and do it well and they did it in a great way the explanation was amazing mm-hmm there's only two shows I can think of that can pull this off successfully, and it's Lucifer and the Magicians. Well, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had a musical episode. Did they do well. one every season? No, just one. See, Lucifer yeah. and the Magicians do one every season. See, yeah. If you haven't watched the Magicians, you really have to. That we we have to do a show like a hidden gems type show. Yeah, maybe that can be our very special episode twenty. Yeah, something like something that we love that never caught on whether it was a movie television mm. show mm-hmm. book you know yeah something like that you know we're just thinking out loud here people mm-hmm. sure but yeah i mean lucifer i mean obviously i continue to recommend lucifer to people who are trying to get into a show um i'm like watch lucifer on on netflix it's great yeah, no, I would I would recommend it too. I don't have any issue overall with the show. I would definitely still give it a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun to watch. I horns think up, if you, if horns, two horns yeah, up. Yeah, I think that if you've watched the first three or four seasons, you're invested to the point where you're gonna enjoy season five, just even for like the Easter egg aspect, you know, and how they handle some of the characters and change some of them is actually really positive and. I mean, I love Linda and Amenadiel's relationship. I love their baby. I think he's adorable. Oh, so cute little baby yeah. Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, he's so, so cute. It's so like with Lucifer, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be sort of like campy, humor, fun. There are some heavier episodes, but I mean, just look at Tom Ellis. Okay. I also have some predictions. Should I okay. do them? Yeah, do the prediction. I have okay. no idea when the final season, season six is coming out. So... So here's my here's my big prediction. Um, so at one point, Maze decided that she wants to be queen of hell, right? If Lucifer's not going to go back. Maze I loved her. Go. I loved her outfits. By oh, the way, it was amazing. Trying, trying to figure out the best look for the queen of hell. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually kind of think that maybe she will take that job, but um, something happened in one of the episodes that all, all I can do is kind of compare it to the Good Place, where. The way hell works in the Lucifer series is you are basically sent to hell if you die with great guilt on your soul. And the thing that you feel guilty about becomes your hell loop. And you relive it and relive it and relive it for all eternity. And that's how you're tortured with the thing that you feel the most guilty about. So if you don't feel super guilty about anything, you're probably not going to go to hell unless you were a horrible sociopath. Hmm. Um but if you do feel guilty about something, you could be a good person and end up in hell, um, which we've seen and which also happened with another character. Right. That we found out this character was not in heaven and therefore was in hell, probably because they had a lot of guilt on their soul. Um, but there was a point where Lucifer ended up in heaven. And when he was in heaven, he met someone who had been in hell, who was now in heaven. And this person... Uh, said that the reason why he was able to get out of hell was because he took Lucifer's advice and did something to end the guilt that he felt. And then he ended up in heaven. And Lucifer had said in this episode, that's never happened before. 
And my prediction is that I think what will happen in season six is they will change hell so that if you are a person who feels guilty about something but ultimately probably deserves to be in heaven, you can deal with your guilt via your hell loop and then end up in heaven. And I think we will see this character that died go through that process and ultimately end up in heaven. Oh, that's my prediction. I didn't even think about it that way. I thought about it for anyone who's watched Lucifer. I'm like, it's that guy again. He's like the greatest recurring character on the show. <laughs> yeah. I cannot think of his name. No, but I know. usually but yeah. he was in the, like the beginning, like I would say the first episode of every season. Yeah. Nude. Yeah, you know, some some way, somehow. But yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Because I did read that the person who died did ask for the character to be killed. Oh, they wanted off the show. They thought that... It, I'm, like, really going slowly. Like, they thought that it would be something that now that you know the backstory of this person, the death would hit harder. But I think that's a miscalculation. Yeah, I would agree. It didn't yeah. it didn't work for me. But No. But they could they could they could make up for it a little bit in season 6 if they bring this person back to deal with their guilt and send them to heaven. Agreed. So Not entirely, but at least a little. Right, right. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you up to date when season 6 comes out. It will probably be next year. Yeah. I'm guessing. And that'll be the last season. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, moving on. So um, can I start with number two? Because I got a great story. Yeah, let's let's do it. OK, so our second big three is those who wish me dead. And this is the Angelina Jolie fights fires and mobsters movie that was streaming on HBO. I think it's probably still there. Mm-hmm. But um, here's my story. So I started watching this movie. And um, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty boring for the first, say, 35, 40 minutes, right? Um, Because, you know, amongst other things, they tried to make Angelina Jolie into a normal human, which is just impossible. So stop. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. stop it. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then they tried to create a bunch of, like, demons for her because apparently she used to be a firefighter she was fighting what i can only assume was the campfire in california because that's what it kind of looked like they were aimed at um or something similar to that kind of thing some people were trapped in the fire and some kids died and she's now like ptsd traumatized by it and um you're supposed to feel bad for her because she's suicidal and she has these behaviors that are self-destructive um whether it be drinking or putting on a parachute and then getting dragged by a truck basically yeah that was weird it was so weird anyway so she's got all of these inner demons because she watched these these children basically die in this horrible fire and now she's basically doing fire watch which is where you get up in a tower and you're just sitting around all day looking for smoke out in the wilderness of could be California or the Midwest or whatever it may be. Because um, I'm sure being alone by yourself when you're dealing with PTSD is a really great way to overcome that issue. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. that's yeah. exactly what everybody would need, right? It's just <laughs> to sit 
in a box with no toilet, as she puts it, and yeah. just look for smoke. Um, so I got to that point, and um, I got to the point where they introduced uh, the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it Barenthal? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's a cop, I think. And, and her and her ex, because why oh, not? Oh, yes. Yep, why yep, not? Yep. But he's, like, remarried, and his wife is yeah. having a baby. And then the, the side plot is that there is a financial forensic accountant or lawyer yeah, person th- yeah they never really get into what the particular crime is and what exactly is involved but yeah. this forensic it, accountant you know uncovered some kind of what i can only assume is like mob activity or something right. or it could have been corporate related and turned it over to an attorney general and then that attorney general was killed and so this lawyer, this this forensic accountant guy grabs his son and basically flees because he's afraid that he's going to be next. Did I kind of sum that up right? Yeah, I mean, that that's basically it. Like, he just takes off and he's going to go to his brother-in-law. So Bernthal. Which is, which is Punisher. Yep. Right. So the Punisher plays his brother-in-law. He's headed there. You've got uh, Nicholas Holt who, no matter how old he is, is always going to be the kid from About a Boy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he's he's done a real glow-up because he was a goofy-looking kid. Um, it, but And then you also have Aiden Gillen, the actor, who in everything he plays betrays everyone. He's a bad person. It's Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually in The Wire uh, as oh, a corrupt, really? yeah, as a, cor- a corrupt politician. So this is his thing. He is a bad guy. And they're out and they are tasked with killing. the. Uh, they kill the attorney general in, I thought it was kind of a cool way. That, that basically op- blow up his house, right? Yeah, that opening scene drew me in because I was like, oh, okay, what's this, what's this going to be about? But, so here's where yeah. the story comes in because I'm, I'm kind of leading up to this, right? So... I got to the point, I got to about this part of the movie, right? And this is about 35, 40 minutes in. Everything we've described is like the first 40 minutes. And I was like, okay, I got to stop. I'm not really super into this. I get it. I got to stop for now. And I'll pick it up again tomorrow. So I stopped about 40 minutes in. When I go to play the movie tomorrow, the next day, HBO, which has yet to redeem itself in anything it does as a streaming service, Mm -hmm. restarted the movie. (gasps) It didn't remember where I had left off. Oh, I hate when that happens. So now I got to fast forward, right? So I fast forward. I get about 35, 38 minutes in. And it's not like a fast fast forward. Like you can only make it go so fast, right? Because there are certain ones. Like I know Hulu allows you to go at like eight times the speed. So Mm -hmm. it's a little faster. Um, Netflix allows you to go kind of fast. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I finally get about 38 minutes in. I hit play. Black screen it hangs up it hangs up i get a little of that as it's trying to like catch up with the sound and then it defaults back to the roku homepage. completely shuts down hbo HBO. you have one job hbo max i'm like okay okay i'll try it again right go back in try it again go go about 20 minutes in right because i'm thinking okay maybe i just i overloaded it i don't know right so about 20 minutes in 
bleep black blue black screen ho- Roku home screen. Oh <laughs> no. So I'm like, okay, okay, maybe there's like a bug or something going on. So I will give it a day or two. Give it a day or two. Try again. I'm like, you know what? I'll do it in like five minute increments, right? I'll fast forward about five minutes, let it play. Then I'll go five more minutes, you know, that kind of thing. Go about five minutes in, black screen, Roku uh. homepage. <laughs> I could not for the life of me get that thing to fast forward a minute, let alone the 40 minutes in that I needed to get to. Uh. And I said to myself, do I really want to sit through this 40 minutes again? And the answer was indeed no. no. So <laughs> I'm no. not going to lie to all of you out there. This frustrated me and I gave up on those who wish me dead. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty sure with your knowledge, you can guess what happens. I'm going to go out on a limb mm-hmm. and I'm going to guess that the father of the little boy gets killed by the mobsters mm-hmm. and the little boy ends up in the woods running from the monsters. Angelina Jolie sees him from the tower and the mobsters set the woods on fire to kill him. Am I close? Very, very close. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit more. Um, I mean, basically, that is what happens. Um, Tyler Perry shows up as their boss, the mobster's boss, which it's like, what is Tyler Perry doing here for five seconds? <laughs> it's like so random where you're like, huh? Um, and then there is also a side story. Not a side story, but there is... Um, the mobsters go after the pregnant woman because she's pregnant. Oh, um, yeah. But she takes them on. Oh, good for her. So, um, you know, I I did a little bit of research for this because I'm like, I felt like they were sitting around a table in Hollywood and they're like, you know what would make this movie great? What if we make the lady, the firefighter, a lady? Oh. But I was wrong. Um, oh, okay. Because it's based on a book, and it really is a Hannah. Like, I thought maybe there was, like, a Hank, and they were like, let's make Hank Hannah. But no, it's really, you know, the book focuses on someone named Hannah, and it follows, essentially, the the plot of the book. And I was just really disappointed because uh taylor sheridan who who wrote and directed the movie he's done some movies that i really enjoy and i guess i didn't expect to enjoy um sicario was one of those that oh that was a good movie right yeah and you weren't you know you're just like oh okay i'm gonna watch this and see what it what happens and it's so good and um the other one that he did that i really liked was hell or high water Mhm. I so, haven't seen that, but I've heard good things. Oh, it's so good, Jamie. You should watch it. Mhm. So I had really high hopes for for this movie that just fell flat. There was too much going on, I think. It was just such a weird combo of I mean, obviously I didn't even finish it, but from what I saw, there was such a weird combo of are we a firefighter movie or are we a mobster movie or are we about inner demons movie? Like right. I, it was just, it, it seemed to have a lot of things going parallel to each other that didn't necessarily mesh very well. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how I felt. They were just, I almost feel like they could do a spinoff on the, the, the two mobsters because that would be an interesting 
backstory, but I think just adding everything together, it's not sure what the movie wants to be. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and I mean, not that I like Angelina Jolie as an actress, but she so rarely stars in things nowadays that you're thinking this is going to be a good script. And it yeah, wasn't. like what what made her pick this one in particular? Right. That's what I, I, I just didn't understand. Um, so I didn't think it was going to be amazing, but I thought it was going to be better than it was. Mm. Um, well, I guess like what we would want to say about this one is go ahead and give it a watch. If you're bored, you have nothing better to do on a Friday night. Right. Or you're a really big fan of John Barenthal or Angelina Jolie. But for the love of God. Don't stop the movie halfway through. Yeah, you Just better watch that thing all the way go. through. And let I think it, it only has like another two weeks maybe on HBO Max before mm-hmm. it gets taken away and then thrown in the theaters. But here's the thing, people. Just wait another two months because it will be the quote-unquote premiere for the week because they did that with Wonder Woman. Yeah, I saw that too. It was gone and then it was back before I even spun around. Right, because... I tend to look like, oh, what's the HBO movie premiere? And knowing that there were a lot, not a lot of things released in the theaters last year, it's kind of slow. But I happened to look and I was like, Wonder Woman? How could Wonder Woman be the premiere? It's been on for, you know, it was on for a month. I'm like, no, HBO. So HBO's got two strikes right now. Don't, yeah, they've got a lot of strikes. Yeah, don't bill yourself as a streaming service if you can't stream. Amen to that. <laughs> That's what I say to you, HBO Max. I mean, and, you, and you're expensive. They're inexpensive on the higher end of the streaming are. services. We could do fast forwarding with VHS tapes reliably. Yes. Like, come on. This is a basic function. I mean, uh, I say that I hate HBO Max, like the streaming service, but then there's always something on there that keeps me watching. Um, maybe one of these times we'll do uh, Hacks with Gene Smart. Oh. It's it's so like it's the darkest comedy you would ever want to watch. Hmm. And it's a 10 episode series. She plays a Las Vegas stand up who almost feels like she's a combo of Joan Rivers and Gilda Radner. Mm-hmm. But it is so, so good. All of the characters are, are irredeemable. Oh, boy. You know, it's like you're not sure who to root for because they're all horrible people. But it is done so well, and HBO just renewed it for a second season. And okay. I'm like, and I'm like, damn you, HBO, keep yeah. me hanging on. Yeah. If only they put as much effort into their streaming service as they did into some of their content, you know? It's true. It's true. So it's it is frustrating. It's hit or miss. Um, I'm going to try at some point, either today or next weekend. I want to watch In the Heights on Mm -hmm. hbo um hearing great things about it will i be able to watch it we'll find out (laughs) stay tuned stay tuned wow all right okay so um for those who wish me dead i'm gonna give it thumbs sideways because i wasn't ever even technically able to finish it where are you gonna go thumbs up thumbs down Uh, i'm gonna do thumbs sideways just because it's something that I probably would not have watched, but for the fact that HBO Max is offering the, you know, the movie premieres right. at home. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it, it's good. I, it was, it was okay. I mean, if you're really into, um, this, the special effects were great. The fire effects were great. It's not backdraft. Like, don't even think that it's going to be an epic movie about firefighters and relationships. It doesn't know what it wants to be. So if you're just looking for something where you can shut your brain off, just watch Angelina Jolie pretend to be a normal human being. Um, <laughs> it's it's like, oh, we'll put her in jeans and a t-shirt. She looks like everyone else. It's like, no, she looks no. like a supermodel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, to stop. stop. So yeah, I mean, you know what you're know what you're getting into, and don't expect it to be great. All right. Famous last words. Don't expect <laughs> it to be great. Don't expect it to be great. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going to do a game today, um, and it's called Solasta, and um, this is a this is a sort of indie dev. Um, the the dev that made Solasta is called Tactical Adventures, and Tactical Adventures is a studio of roughly 15 people. Let's go with like 15 to 20 people. So that's pretty indie dev. But what I wanted to bring up about Tactical Adventures is it was started by this guy whose name I think is Matthew Gerard, although I. He might be French, so I probably could have mispronounced that entirely. But um, Matthew worked for a studio originally called Amplitude, and Amplitude was acquired um, probably about five or six years ago. And this is a thing that happens a lot in the video game world is that you have an indie dev and they do something good. They do something really nice and great and wonderful, and some big name studio comes in and scoops them up and buys them out in order to say, now you make games for us, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And um, it's very, very common. Microsoft gobbles up studios all the time. But what will sometimes happen is if you're a little indie dev and you're used to working with 20 people and now suddenly you work for Microsoft, it can be a massive adjustment to have basically the corporate overlords now telling you, you make games for us. This is how many we want. This is what we want. This is how you're going to do it. This is how long you have, you know, and that it's like a double edged sword. Like that's that's what you want is for your your development to become successful. But on the other hand, you lose all control of what exactly, you know, that that spark that you had to create this particular game is gone because you you have to churn them out at such a rate that you're just not putting the love and care that you put into that first video or second or third or whatever it was before it hit big. Yeah. There's even a term for this, which you may or may not have heard of or heard of before Lynn It's called crunch. And that's the oh, term for okay. when developers put a lot of pressure onto their studios um, or corporates put pressure onto their developers and say, you need to get this out within this amount of time. And now you've got these people who are working um, 80, 100 hour weeks, don't go home, you know, that kind of thing right. um, to get this thing out by some some time frame that has been placed upon them. Well, anyway, this guy, Matthew Gerard, um, left and did not want to be acquired by a big name studio and restarted a brand new studio called Tactical Adventures. And then you have now Solasta, which I want to say is maybe their first game that the first game that's come out, but I I would say don't quote me on that. They probably have done other things, but this is probably one of their bigger, if not the biggest game that they've put out as a new studio. And um, Solasta is a D and D game, 
and it follows D&D rules for the most part, um, as much as you, as you can in a video game world. And there's actually dice that roll on the screen. So, you know, you've got your, your whole dice mechanic. You roll for initiative. You roll for, you know, um, checks. Uh, all of that. You roll to heal. You roll to do damage. It's, uh, and it happens very quickly. It's very snappy. Um, but it's basically a, a, a D&D game. And you start by creating a character of four, or sorry, a team of four characters. And you can pick some pre-made characters, but I highly recommend that you make your own characters because I think you sort of bond to them a little bit better if you can design how they look and give them names and, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so I had had a dwarf tank named Sigurd. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sigurd. Okay. And then I had, I had a rogue um, her name was Rayla from the, the, I don't know if you've seen the Dragon Prince, but um, that's the name of the girl from the Dragon Prince. And I had a mage and then I had a cleric. And um, my little party, like I, I enjoyed them. I got to give them, you know, their personality types. I got to decide if they were greedy or if they were altruistic or um, if they were lawful, good, you know, all of that stuff. And um how you pick determines their speech that they that they say to each other, the things that they say to each other and how they react to certain things like, oh, man, I really want that treasure or no, we need to save the people, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Like yeah. it sort of d- depends on the personality traits that you've given them. And so they go into this world and of Salasta and the basic story is the the world had an event that happened a very long time ago known as the cataclysm, where basically two worlds kind of combined and the humans had lived with these lizard people and the lizard people were horrible and they enslaved people and they could actually shape shift. So they could, you could be a lizard person and it would look just like you. Ooh. And then you could, you know, manipulate government and all else. See, Jerry doesn't like it. No, he that's, that's actually, like that's Oscar. I don't Oscar know doesn't he, like it at all. Oscar doesn't like it. Oscar likes very few things. Okay. Fair enough. So, um, and then what happened was basically humans kind of migrated onto Salasta as refugees and the two, but the two worlds almost like crashed into each other. Cause you'll notice there'll be weird architecture where buildings are like on their sides or upside down where the two sort of worlds kind of clashed into each other and they call that area the Badlands and it's very, (laughs) I I run a dog fighting ring, um, (laughs) In my in my spare time, like they normally do not care about each other, but because I'm doing something where I can't get up and yell at them, they've decided that they're just gonna like you know peck at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> so yeah, so that's the whole basic setup, and then you you take your characters and you're basically going to explore the Badlands looking for treasure, and you find a very important piece of treasure, and that piece of treasure becomes the MacGuffin for the whole story. And um, you level up. Uh, I think max level is 10 in this, uh, but it's it's fine. Um, you get weapons, you get armor. You have to do all the D&D things. Like if you find a piece of armor, you have to identify it. You have to cast a spell to identify what it is. Otherwise, you don't know what stats it has on it. Um, you can make potions. You can make armor. You can cook. Uh, you can do all kinds of different things. Um, and this is a $40 game. And I probably put i would say a good you know i can kind of look this up i bet but your xbox will tell me how long i played this game but i want to say <laughs> probably put about 30 hours into it oh wow okay it was a decently sized game yeah I and i went so through, you're enjoying it i beat it i'm done i went oh through, yeah I, I i actually went through the whole thing so i can say to you 
that the, the reason why when I first when we first started this stream was I uh, I said um I wow I just opened Xbox Game Pass and there's like a million new games in here because it must be something is happening on E3 and I just my brain oh. just my brain just died a little. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can just bat your babble for the rest like, of the I episode. I literally just went, oh my god, all of these games that I want to play. What are they doing here? Um, <laughs> oh, so many reviews to come. Okay, so um, I know that there's a way that I can see how how many hours I put into something in here. Um, the Xbox Game Pass interface is not... Degraded. <laughs> Might be my like one big complaint with it. It's not fantastic. Um, but yeah, I want to say probably put about. Th- oh, here we go. Does it tell me? Does it tell me? Does it tell me? No. Okay. I was gonna say, do you want to know? Well, oh, this is funny. It doesn't. It. It's funny because it says my time played is one day, eighteen hours and twenty-seven minutes. Oh. So that's that's closer to 40 hours, right? Yeah, yeah, that that is. So wow. one day, 18 hours and 27 minutes to beat. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing: are there complaints about this game? Sure, there right. definitely are. Um, I I thought the inventory management was kind of a pain. Each character has their own inventory, and you had to move things back and forth between characters. Didn't make a lot of sense. There should have been one shared inventory. I thought the story was kind of blasé. It went really weird at the end, and I was like, "What is happening right now?" And I just was no clue what was do- what was going on. So, you know, I was like, "Okay, whatever." Um, combat was super fun, so that was fine. I thought some of the dialogue was kind of weird, and I think that's mainly because um, when you create your character's personality traits, uh, you have to pick like, are they greedy? Are they altruistic? Are they, you know, lawful good? You know, whatever it is that you're picking, and um, it changes how they speak. But then when you throw a bunch of characters together that you've done that for and they are pulling from this like pool of dialogue based on greed versus altruism versus whatever, sometimes when they talk back and forth to each other, it looks it kind of sounds like they're all having a separate conversation. Do you know what I mean? So the dialogue was not fantastic. But here's the ultimate thing. This is a $40 game. If I had paid $60 for it, now I'm going to say I didn't really pay anything because I got it on Game Pass, so. <laughs> but I think it is worth 40 bucks. 30 If you want to get it 30 35 $40, I think it's definitely worth that. I mean, I put 40 hours into it, right? Right. Um, and that's, that's very reasonable for, you know, price to entertainment value. Um, but if it were a $60 game... You can be darn sure I would have wanted more polish. Right. I wanted the dialogue to be better. I would have wanted the story to be better. I wanted the inventory to be better. I would have wanted fast travel was a little bit wonky. I would have wanted that to be better. You know, I would have wanted these quality of life changes that are more forgivable when you pay less. Right. So you're willing to overlook it because of the price tag. Exactly. So I think that, you know, I'm definitely going to give Solasta a thumbs up. The fact that it was made by like 15 people, it speaks really highly for this game. It's very fun. If you like D&D, I think you'll enjoy it. The story is wonktacular, but just focus on the combat and definitely make your own characters so that you feel a little bit more bonded to them. Give them names you like, that kind of thing. And I think it's very enjoyable. Awesome. Yeah. Any questions? No, no. Yeah. I kind of looked it up and I was like, okay, it's turn-based. Like I was doing one of 
suppose. I was trying to understand it. Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's fair. I know you played D&D. Did you ever get to combat when you were playing? No. Yeah, it's very much D&D combat where you're rolling dice and the um, numbers on the die indicate how much damage you do and that kind of thing. And, and the dice actually roll right on the screen. It's kind of neat. You know, you can see them. So I don't know. I, I did enjoy it. Like I said, I went through. I beat it. I have. Do I have complaints? Sure. But they're forgivable complaints because the game was not a $60 game. And I think this sort of ties into our Pokemon Snap discussion a little bit, you know? I agree. I mean, and also you, you're willing to overlook it because it's, a, you know, an indie developer. Right. So, you know, if, if Nintendo had these problems, you'd be like, mm-mm. Exactly. No. No. It's a level of price and level of expectation, you know, and all of those things um, play a part for sure. So before we transition and go into uh, three things we're looking forward to, Mm -hmm. just going to do just going to do a quick announcement. Um, I know some podcasts take off the summer um, or they take big breaks. We're not going to be doing a podcast every week necessarily just because life um but we're gonna shoot for every two weeks yep um to do it or if we happen to go week to week that's great but you know you'll check your feed uh to see when we're up but we shouldn't go longer than two weeks in between and that being said i'll bring up the outro music but that being said we've got a very special episode so next Next episode will be our 10th episode. And in order to, yeah, in order to celebrate, we're going to do a very special episode called Crime Time, where Alin and I are going to ping pong back and forth, and we are each going to discuss three of our favorite crime shows of all time. So you will hear about a total of six shows. They do not have to be new, they could be TV or movies. Um, I mean, they could have, in theory, been crime games, too, but we happen to err on the side of shows here. Um, but that will be our first very special episode. And I do want to throw this out, but I think it would be really cool. And I didn't prep a lid on this in advance, so I do apologize. But it would okay. be really cool if we do one of these every 10 episodes. So the next one would be episode 20, right? What if we allowed our viewers slash listeners to pick our theme or to give suggestions on the theme? Oh, I would like that. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys have any suggestions on what theme you would like for episode 20, that'll give us plenty of time to think about it and watch things if we need to or rewatch things that are very old. Um, and, you know, let us know on our social media, like we have said in the past, we have the Facebook, we have the Instagram, we have the tweeters, um, all of those things you can get in contact with us and give us some thoughts on what you think our very special episode should be for episode 20. Give us a theme. Next episode, episode 10, will be crime time and that being said uh alin you're looking forward to the tomorrow war i am even though chris pratt's a little crazy sometimes but i'll still watch him be in an action movie yeah why not it's gonna be free on amazon prime well not free we're paying for it but we've got it but we feel like it's free we feel like it's free and also also on amazon prime at the end of this month bosch season seven the last season. Yeah. Harry Bosch, we love you. I do. I discovered this one weirdly. Like, did I get you into this? I can't you remember. did. You said, and it was one of those quarantine shows because I think all of us kind of felt like 
we had reached the end of Netflix almost when you're just. Do you know just... what happened? I know exactly what happened. My husband's going to love this because I remembered a thing. We were <laughs> watching The Mandalorian and the guy who plays Harry Bosch had a he cameo was... <laughs> yes. in The Mandalorian. And my husband was like, oh, it's that guy. And I was like, who's that guy? And he's like, what? You, you should watch that show. That's totally right up your alley. You would love it. And I did. And then I made you watch it. And we yes. both loved it. Yes, because you were like, you should watch this show. And I'm like, all right, because you're just there was nothing new coming out. And you're just streaming and being like, oh, OK. And then I gobbled up all six seasons. Yeah. And now the final one comes out, I believe, June 23rd. So Amazon is really kicking it up for us this exactly. month. Exactly. And then last but not least, I know you've already seen it, but I am looking forward to giving HBO one more shot <laughs> at life here <laughs> because they now have The Devil Made Me Do It. The third Conjuring movie is available for a limited time and then we'll be gone and back again. Is that how yes, it's working? That's how it works. It's like, well, you can only have it for 30 days. Just kidding. It will be back again. <laughs> <laughs> So we will see you guys um, in roughly two weeks for crime time. And then starting episode 11, we'll be back to our normal little three, big three, looking forward three, et cetera. And then hopefully we'll hear from some of you on social media about what you would like to see for future very special episodes. I think we did a good job. Yeah, I think think we did. We nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, everybody, I hope you're having a good start of your summer. And we'll see you all again soon. See you soon.